Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. A boy's apprehension about going to a haunted house is what my next guest's book is about. I'm talking with author Sheila Jasek, and her book is Haunted House. Sheila, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about Haunted House? Well, it's about a little boy who has highly functioning autism. And he and his friend decided months and months before Halloween that they would go to a haunted house. Well, the night of Halloween finally comes, and now he's very, very scared that he's going to lose it in the haunted house because of his autism. And he doesn't know how to tell his friend that he doesn't want to go. His friend gets upset, and, and they get into a quarrel. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, I was taking a class, and the assignments were looking at pictures and coming up with a story. And the pictures were like a kindergarten kind of uh, genre, Then it was more of a middle school, and then it was high school. And I, I always tend to gravitate to the middle school. That's where I feel most comfortable writing. The picture was of a little boy standing at a window. And so that's where the story came from. And the fact that he has autism, is there significance in that for you? No, I don't have anyone in my immediate family that has autism. It just, it just went that direction. Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Congratulations. You're now an officially published author. Thank you. How does it feel? It, it's wonderful. It's funny because we'll stand around the counter in the kitchen talking and my husband has a degree. Both my sons have a degree. My daughter-in-law has a degree, and my soon-to-be daughter-in-law has a degree, and I'm the only one in the family who doesn't. So the other night, we were standing around talking, and I said, well, I have one up on all of y'all. And they stopped and looked at me, and I said, I'm an author, and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so it felt good to have something. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment. It's very hard. It takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, how long did you put into this? Well, um, I started actually last November the 1st. It hadn't been quite a year. It's been the most amazing experience of my life, to be honest with you. Now, going through it, do you have any advice for people that want to take that same journey? I would just tell them to do it, because if you don't, then you're missing out. The worst thing that could happen is somebody tell you constructive criticism on how to do better. Those are great words. And you did say that this is a book mainly, what, for the junior high school age? Um, you know, I, last night's funny. There were three little children outside, and I read the book to them, and they were from kindergarten up to the fourth grade, and they all enjoyed it. So I think it's a book for anybody, really, but the book was meant for like maybe third to sixth grade. Is there more in your future? Are you thinking about writing or publishing more? Oh, yes. Um, I hope to retire fairly soon, you know, with it the way that everything is in the world right now. I may have to work a little longer, 
but my goal is to just write full-time eventually. That's a great goal to have. I encourage listeners to check this out. This is The Haunted House by Sheila Jasek, published by Fulton Books. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you pick up your books. Sheila, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me. It was a blessing. Author John A. Reese details the dramatic transformation in his life in his new book, From Exit to Entrance, Onto Higher Ground. John joins me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, John. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. Can you tell us all about From Exit to Entrance? Sure, I'd love to. From Exit to Entrance, it's uh, also Onto Higher Ground. It involves leaving or exiting your old life. Basically, what it is is you're looking to upgrade to a new beginning in your life. I kind of feel it's a unique approach to uh, self-awareness, self-evaluation, and even kind of taking a, uh, a personal inventory as such. To a series of 25 life story experiences, basically it's 25 chapters, I've tried to take a step-by-step process for people that are, oh, let's just say they're struggling in life, uh, have addictions, uh, dealing with self-denial. What I've tried to say here in my approach is this can be changed by tapping into God's power and saving grace. And by the way, it happens to be free for the asking. In one part of my book, I state in Romans 12, 2, let God change the way you think. And that's basically what I'm saying in my book is step up to higher ground by letting God change the way you think. What prompted you to write this and seek to get it published? Well, basically, it, it came from a dream. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. It was kind of like a midwinter's night type thing. And I woke from a dream where God, I felt God's presence in the room. He spoke to me about writing a book. He even gave me the title, the content, various things like that. And so what I did is just let that snowball, let that roll and go along with that and continue on the journey. It, it basically took about two and a half years. It's the, the first and only book I have, I've written. I really don't have another one planned in the future, but you never know what the future holds sometimes. The cover of the book is significant. Can you talk about that? Basically, what I'm trying to say here is, as you look directly onto the cover, it would be the right side of my face. It's like a lot of times like people put on masks. They disguise what's really the truth, or they may go into denial of what really is the truth. That's kind of the thing I'm trying to depict on the right side. And then also, kind of switching over to the left side, it's what I feel was really, once I accepted God as my personal Savior, I felt my vision was corrected, that things I looked at in life, and that was really, I can just say, by the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. How difficult was it to relive your experiences and then write about them again? Was it more therapeutic? I would say it was kind of a pleasure going down memory lane. A lot of those different chapters are just basically life stories that I have actually lived. And it was really going into the depth of explaining them, seeing how they related to my life even now, seeing how people can use their past experiences as positives to change their life, to look at things differently, and ultimately, what I feel has come to the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors, people that may want to take things from their lives and get it published to help others? I'll tell you, someone taking out a book, it, it, it's not an easy process. It really isn't. I, I would say my biggest advice is to really persevere. Put down the concepts on paper, rehash them in your mind, go to prayer, let God speak to you, open your heart and mind, and don't ever say, this is impossible. John, thank you for the courage to be writing the story of your life and looking to help others. This is From Exit to Entrance onto Higher Ground by John A. Reese, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you pick up your reading material. John, thank you for being on the show tonight. It was great talking with you. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. God bless. I hope I don't get tongue-tied here. The Busy Buzzy Bee is the new book by Diane Bailey, out now through Fulton Books. And Diane is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Diane, thank you for being here with me tonight. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, The Busy Buzzy Bee, I love it. Can you tell us about it? Yes, it's just, um, it's a fun little book for young readers or just good story time for little ones that you would have at home. It's about a little buzzy bee who uh, wakes up and realizes the first day of spring and is realizing that there's lots of flowers in the meadow to go take a look at and get some sweet nectar from and say hello to all his little friends and enjoy the day he has to uh, go out and fly around and visit all the flowers. And then uh, he does return at the end of the day. He does have a little bed of honey that he goes back to and takes a little rest and starts his day again. How did the book come about? Where did you get the idea for the story? Actually, when my kids were little, they were little toddlers and just kind of came to me. And we always had read a lot of stories to them. And they just got me kind of inspired and seeing how busy they were all the time, running around and doing different ventures, discovering different things. And it just kind of all came together that way. What would you say the best age range is for this? I think probably preschool, maybe beginner readers if they want to read something like something easy on their own. But mainly I just I just wrote it for, you know, bedtime stories, the, um, story time with parents and their kids. But yeah, definitely, definitely preschool, young, very young readers. Is this the first time you've written a book or been published? It is. It's the first time I've been published, yes. Oh, congratulations. That's a huge deal. huge deal. How's it yeah, feel thanks. now to be an officially published author? I have to say it is pretty awesome. It's a unique experience, and it's, it's been really, um, really fun to see it all come to life. How did it all come together as far as the illustrations and your writing? How did that go? I had the book written, for, like I said, for quite some time, and I had tried to find an illustrator when I first wrote the book and just never had any luck connecting with someone. Recently, my kids are grown out of the house, so I had some time to kind of revisit the project and... I actually got online and looked through some illustrators and found the gal that I used. She gave me some samples of what she was thinking about. I told her what I was kind of thinking about, something light and airy, lots of color, something that really would catch your eye or catch the young reader's eye. And she came up with a wonderful little illustration and we just took it off from there. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? I would just say, like I did, just kind of follow your dream and keep pursuing it till you find the right connections and the right matches and, and just kind of, you know, keep putting it out there. Like I said, I had this project done probably 20 years ago, the writing, and I had tried to get it published and I just kind of sat on it for a while and I revisited a couple times and finally, this was about the third time I revis revisited the project and I thought, let's just, you know, try it again. So I would say just keep trying. And I think 
really having it all put together with not just the manuscript, but having the illustrations to present to the publisher is absolutely, I think, sells the book if you're doing a children's book. It just brings the book to life. And um, I think people can see it. They don't have to just like imagine what it might look like in their head. And it really kind of helps sell the book itself. Do you see any more writing or publishing on the horizon? I don't know. I It would be fun to dabble again. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say no to trying it again. I, I would definitely do it again. Yeah. Well, I encourage you to do that. It's, uh, as, as you know already, so rewarding. And it really is. I encourage listeners to check this out. looks like a great book for young children. The Busy Buzzy Bee by Diane Bailey, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Diane, thank you for joining me here tonight. It was great chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and I hope everyone enjoys the books. Thanks. Weight loss becomes more and more difficult as time goes on, and Herb Stesey offers help in his new book, Over 65 and Overweight, Your Worries Are Over. Herb is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Herb, thank you for joining me tonight. Well, it's my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book, Over 65 and Overweight? I would call it basically just a lot of common sense, nothing drastic. There's no pills involved or fasting or food delivered or anything of that nature. And I have discovered a, quite a discrepancy between two foods that appear identical, and yet one may be 80 or 90 degrees less calories than the other. So I'm, I'm using that kind of as a guide, how to eat. And we occasionally do go out with people and I'll have a cheeseburger or something, but we uh, just are very careful. You know, we don't starve ourselves. Both my wife and I started this at age 66, and our weight's staying off. We're just happy with our results. Now, you said that this is a lot of common sense. Why would you say that a lot of maybe the health recommendations and diets out there right now are off the mark? Well, I can't help but see some of the ads on television. They have a, I know it's a, a big, big industry, weight loss. You don't need those things if you just eat properly, I guess would be my point. I find I eat a lot more fruit than I ever did in my life and a lot more vegetables than I ever did in my life. I wouldn't call what we do a diet by any means, considering it a life change, way of living, the best way to describe it. So you're taking, taking a more holistic approach to it than just say, eat this and eat that, and then you'll lose weight. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no, Nothing like that. I mean, I encourage people to eat their favorite foods, but do it in moderation, you know. We've always got Reese's Pieces in the hospital. We don't eat the whole big bowl. I do find that as this goes on, it gets easier because I think what happens is your system adjusts because oftentimes by the time I'm ready for supper, I've had very little to eat that day and I'm not hungry. You know, then we'll just have maybe chicken or we'll have macaroni and you know, we're just kind of cut back on a lot of stuff. We used to eat a lot of ice cream. I've discovered sugar-free yogurt, and it's really good. Sugar-free things a lot. Is there more writing ahead of you? Do you plan on writing more books, publishing more? Actually, yes. I've got one pretty well completed by now. I have not submitted it yet. I kind of wanted to get through all this and see how everything goes, and I have one ready to go. I would assume that even though the title says over 65, that this is something that could benefit people of all ages. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I guess the reason I titled it that I had always had in my head that once you reach a certain age, you know, it's probably really hard. Your metabolism slows down. 
And it's really not the case at all. I mean, if you take in less calories, regardless of your age, you're going, you're going to lose weight. I think the most exciting part is when, you know, you've had pants for years and you're, you know, they're kind of snug and all of a sudden, you know, you got to put a bolt on and they'll fall off and then you got to go on to the next size. You know, that's a nice feeling of accomplishment, I guess, when I go from a 44, which I used to wear, and now I can comfortably get into a 38, and sometimes I even need to pull my belt on my 38 so they don't slide down, and, you know, we just feel better. Yeah, as the number of people around us that are overweight seems to be increasing, and it seems that we're just eating more and more junk all the time. This sounds like a great resource that people can look out for, and I encourage listeners to check this one out. This is called Over 65 and Overweight, Your Worries Are Over by Herb Stesey. This is published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. Well, Herb, thank you for joining me tonight. It was great chatting with you. Oh, thanks. It's my pleasure completely. Mole's Sad Day is the new book written and illustrated by Savannah Field, who's with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Savannah, thank you very much for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me. It is so nice to have you here. So can you tell us what Mole's Sad Day is all about? It's about a mole and friendship. So how did you come up with this story? I just thought of a little creature and just kept going, and I love animals. Do you write a lot, or is this one of the first stories you've written? I write a lot, especially in school. Oh, great. So what made you guys say, hey, this is a great story, let's try to publish it? Uh, My grandma read it over, and then after we started working on it, we thought it might be a good idea to try and get it published. Now, you also illustrated this very beautifully, I might add. Thank you. Did you illustrate the book while you were writing it, or did you do that afterward? I did it after. And how did that go? Was that a tough thing to do? Yeah, kind of, because I had to figure out what each character would look like and how their markings and whatever would go. So what would you say to kids your age that want to write a book, too? Is there something, some little advice you could give them to start them off? Even if your story might not make sense, still try. Who would you say was most inspirational to you while you were writing this and going through the whole publishing thing? My mom and my grandma. That's fantastic. It's great to have support, and especially those that are closest to you. So, are you thinking of writing more books and getting more published? Yes, I'm planning a second moles and a third mole. I'm working on them. That's wonderful. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you're a big reader. Am I right? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah? What kinds of books do you like to read? I actually kind of like nonfiction and mystery books. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Savannah, thank you for putting your talents out there for the world to see, and we're looking forward to a lot more from you. This is called Mole's Sad Day by Savannah Field, published by Fulton Books. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you pick up your books. 
Savannah, it was absolutely wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me once again. Author Jerry D. Warren is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're talking about his new book, In My Darkest Hour, I Found the Light. Jerry, thank you for being on the show with me tonight. Well, I'm glad that you uh, let me be on your show. So, In My Darkest Hour, I Found the Light. What is this book about? It's a book of poems, Christian poems mainly. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. It's, uh, I write poetry, and it's uh, related to uh, Christianity. And But there is some political poems in there, and then there's some to-be verses, what I call to-be. It's just uh, it's kind of philosophical and common-sense verses. They're supposed to be read as a four-line verse instead of a whole poem. How did this specific collection of poems come about? Well, it was just uh, something I would write down as I seen fit. I'd get a word, and then I would uh, write a poem about it and tie it in with God, or, or some somehow or another I could tie that word in with God because God is everywhere. Was there a specific group of people that you had in mind, a target audience, while you were putting this together? Actually, my target audience is anyone who is wanting to that is already a believer or anyone who wants to become a believer in Christ, learn how to get closer to God. That is my audience, and I hope that that includes just about everybody in the world. (laughs) Is this the first time you've had a book published? Yes, this was my first book. It is. Oh, well, congratulations on that first one. There's nothing like it. Uh, How does it feel that first time to see your book out on shelves? Well, it was a feeling that was exhilarating to say the least. I was could not wait to uh, tell people that I had written it, but I got to keep reminding myself that without the grace of God, I would not be there because <laughs> we ha- do have a tendency sometimes to let our, our own emotions and our own pride get in the way. About how long did the whole process take from when you first started putting it together clear through to when it hit shelves? Between putting it together and getting it on the shelf? Oh, my goodness gracious. It was around uh, probably close to nine months to a year. That, no, that actually writing it and then compiling it and getting it edited and what have you, it was probably over a year, probably a year and a, I'd say a year, maybe a year and a half between writing and getting it all edited and everything and published. Was editing your own poetry and going through and condensing everything to be fit for publishing, was that a challenge for you? Yes, it is, because you don't realize how many mistakes you could make until until you have somebody else uh, criticizing your book and (laughs) telling you, what does this mean or what is that? But uh, yes, it is, but you just got to say, all right, and sometimes you can't let other people tell you, you know, you've written something, and that's the way you want it done. If they try to change it, you'll have to say, no, this is what I want. But uh, other than that, yes, uh, the uh, editors have been a big help. Christian faith publishing mainly, but well, only. They've treated me right all since the beginning. I encourage readers to check this out for some encouragement. In My Darkest Hour, I Found the Light by Jerry D. Warren, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and anywhere else you pick up your books. Well, Jerry, it was great talking with you tonight. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. With a Little Prayer is a new prayer book by J.A. Zaglinski that aims at starting early in life. J.A. Jennifer is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jennifer, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. So with a little prayer, 
I love that you're going a little younger with these prayers. Can you tell us about it? Well, my book, With a Little Prayer, is a short children's prayer book. It's meant for reading over and over again, and it's perfect for bedtime reading. The prayers are filled with gratitude to our saints for interceding for us. And it ramps up to prayers of gratitude to our Blessed Mother, Jesus, and God the Father. So how did the idea for this book come about? What was your inspiration for this? Well, I was a single mom with a toddler, my daughter Jordan, and consequently no social life. (laughs) So at night, after my daughter's bedtime, I would lie in bed with a little paper notebook and write prayers. Really, that's how it all started. Jennifer, how much of your personal life has gone into this book? My personal life experiences absolutely led me to write this book. I say with confidence that some saints have interceded for me, and God answered my prayers. We all pray to St. Jude for hopeless causes. We pray to St. Anthony for lost items. And I want to give you an example about St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. She's a very popular saint. Many people pray for her intercession, and she's well known for sending roses as signs. She said, I will shower the world with roses. Well, in my book, I tell a story. I was persistently complaining to a friend of mine that I felt no connection to Therese, and everyone else did. At the time, my friend and I were headed to St. John Newman Shrine on Girard Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We were kneeling in prayer in front of the altar. I often prayed there. And to my surprise, a stranger, a woman, walked up to me and handed me one single red rose. I looked at my friend. He was just as shocked as I was. Is that a coincidence? Perhaps, but I don't think so. So is this the first time you've been published or written a book? Yes, this is my first published book. So how does it feel to now be a published author? The process of becoming a published author is very long and detailed. I'm very proud of working entirely through the process from beginning to end. And holding the printed copies in my hand for the very first time was very rewarding. So about how long did it take you to write the book and then get everything published? I would say it took me about two years to write because I wrote here and there. I didn't just sit down and write it through at once. I edited it many times, and then the publication process took about a year, so three years total. What age range of children would you say would get the most from this? I say from babies until teenagers. I give it a a big, wide age range. My target readers are children, as well as the grown-ups that read to their children. The titles and the words with a little prayer are repeated many times in the book, and I believe it reminds us that God hears our prayers, no matter how small, short, or trivial our prayers may seem. God is pleased with our little prayers, because with our little prayers... We acknowledge God, inviting him into our lives. And for parents, this book has an imprimatur. That means it's officially been approved by the Catholic Church through the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Approved, meaning there is nothing in the book that counters church's teaching. Well, this sounds like a great prayer book for children with a little prayer by J.A. Zaglensky, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and everywhere else you pick up your reading material. Well, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us tonight here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much. In the Bible, Ephesians 1.4 says that God chose his people before the world existed. It's a highly debated verse, and author Randall Thomas takes it head-on in his new book, God's Foreknowledge and Our Hindsight, 
and understanding of Ephesians 1, 4. Randall's here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Randall, thank you for joining me tonight. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Can you tell us about your book? I was just trying to, like I say in the first chapter there, about searching the Scriptures and comparing Scripture with Scripture so that we can let the Holy Spirit speak for Himself in the understanding of this verse. And it's my belief that God chose how He was going to build His eternal resting place in the believer before He ever started His work of creation. And that's basically what the book is about. That and an understanding of when Paul talks about our adoption, he's not just talking about our new birth, but he's talking about how God fits us for his kingdom with a new spiritual body. How challenging was it to write about a subject that is so divisive, that, you know, have have split up the church, have split up believers— I was thinking like David said back in the Psalms when he said, these thoughts are too high for me. And how God's Word says in the Old Testament how his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are not our ways. And I was thinking about all that. And the Holy Spirit just kept actively engaging me to think on these things. And I just, with the help of commentaries and writers like from the old days of C.H. McIntosh and others, I just kept studying what they had written. Is this the first book you've had published or the first time you've written? First time, yes, sir. Now, congratulations on being published for the first time. That's, Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment. What are your feelings? Humbled. And I guess the most I would feel if people would come to understand what the book is talking about and whether or not they would totally agree with me, or maybe they'd have other thoughts that would lead them. I simply believe that God can use it if they believe this, rather than thinking about how God chose them before we existed, but God was thinking on how he was built his temple before he created time. And I, I sincerely believe that that would really, hopefully, get a hold of us as Christians and, and help us to really understand that there's no discrepancies in the Bible. We might think they are because we don't understand some things, but I think every word in there is true. And God, the Holy Spirit, was there when it was written. He was the one that was leading men that, you know, our Lord chose to write it. So I simply believe it. Now, the topic of predestination is very deep. Is this a book you would say would be more targeted towards mature Christians as opposed to younger believers? Hopefully both, but maybe more toward the mature, yes. And looking down the road, are you considering writing more or trying to get more published? I've written another, what I call a pamphlet, basically, (laughs) and submitted it to Christian Faith Publishing, and they told me that they're going to publish it, too. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors that want to write, they want to get books published and out there as well? I would just say pray and think about things. My best advice would just, with all of our hearts, just follow what the Holy Spirit would lead you to do. And I think if the door opens, then he's in it. And if the door shuts, then try something different. That's great advice, Randall. The book is God's Foreknowledge and Our Hindsight, an Understanding of Ephesians 1-4 by Randall Thomas, published by Christian Faith Publishing. 
You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you buy your books. Well, Randall, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, sir. It's a privilege for me. The title of the next book we're talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable grabbed me right away. It's Murder and Mayhem in Cedar Falls. And the author, Walter Whitmus, is joining me now. Walter, thank you for being here with me tonight. I'm more than happy to be there. I am very interested in learning more about murder and mayhem in Cedar Falls. Can you tell me about it? Well, the book is a story about a college professor who had moved up from Dallas, Texas. He wanted to get out of a big city and live in a small Midwestern town. The town had several unsolved rapes and murders, and the professor, along with a colleague of his, another professor, tracks down the rapist and killer. What gave you the idea or the inspiration for this story? Nothing in particular. I get my inspiration for all the stories that I write. It can be from a chance remark that somebody makes, it can be from a news story that I see on TV. It can even be from some other story that I've read. I get my ideas, that and my imagination. <laughs> Would you call yourself a veteran writer? I have written quite a few. I have had an interest in writing for a long time. Unfortunately, I haven't been a published veteran writer. I have written quite a few stories. The people who has read them has enjoyed them. So after having written for so long and now getting that one up on shelves, what's that feel like? Very exciting. There was times when I was writing before that I wondered if it would ever happen. But uh, now that it has happened, it is a very exciting thing to happen. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors? The advice I have is if an aspiring author has a story that they've written, let other people read it and see what kind of feedback they get. If they get a good feedback, if the story is enjoyed by other people, then try to get it published as best you can. Is Cedar Falls a fictional town, or is it based on a real place? As far as I know, it's fictional. <laughs> <laughs> what sorts of readers do you think would be most interested in this? Would this be more of a teen and adult thing, or more of just an adult book? It would be, I feel it would be most interesting to anybody, teen or adult, who would enjoy reading a good mystery. So you talked about you're always writing and you're not sure if you're going to keep pursuing that. So what are your thoughts? You're going to keep writing at least, right? Oh, yes. Yes, I will keep writing. I enjoy writing. Once the seed of a story takes root in my mind, then I am very enthusiastic about getting the story down on paper. Now, I do not plan on stopping my writing until the good Lord decides to take me. <laughs> it's certainly a gift. Do you ever deal with writer's block? Oh, yeah, yeah. Every story that I've ever written, there's been times 
when you hit a block and you don't know where to go from there. But eventually, I don't know, that block disappears and you know where you're going then. Yeah, there's there's times I get a writer's block. Certainly one of the biggest challenges that authors face. Well, I encourage listeners to check this one out, Murder and Mayhem in Cedar Falls by Walter Whitmus, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Walter, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was great chatting with you. Well, I enjoyed chatting with you too, sir. In her new book, Beyond the Horizons in the Deep Blue Sea, the Skies, and the Universe, author Carmen Zayas reflects on her childhood growing up in Puerto Rico. I'm joined by Carmen right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Carmen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation, Corey. So this book is about your life growing up in Puerto Rico. Can you tell us about it? Yes. I got inspired through the years I jot down memories in different notebooks that I have. And believe it or not, through the years, I always used to procrastinate. One day I'm going to write about this, one day, and so on. And it got a moment in my life a couple of years ago when I had to face cancer twice that memories came to me in a way that is unexplicable, like a movie inside me. And it was my childhood with my mother. And I went into the albums of where I had all her letters when I departed from Puerto Rico to Boston, Massachusetts to do my studies in music. She was the mentor. She was the push. She was the, the, the encouraging me, you know, to keep on going. So at that moment, I felt like I'm going to read these letters. I'm going to read these. I need these more than ever in my life. So your mother was a writer as well. Yes. Yes. Amazing. She was a writer. She was a writer, not published writer. And she she was a poet. She will read poetry to us. She would do a lot of storytelling when we were growing up. And through her was that we all in my house learned about poets, about poetry, about writers, not only the, the Hispanic writers or from Spain, but also the American writers from United States. And it was inspiring. She opened a, a huge door to us about life and the world. And in many of the phrases that I use in the book, as I was writing this book, this story, I realized I was like, oh my God, this phrase comes from my mother. This is what she used to tell me in her letters. This is what she used to tell me to encourage me you know, keep on going. There's more beyond the horizons. You just keep on going. It's unbelievable. You know, you're, you're writing a story and, and you immerse yourself into it and you start to reflect upon it. And it's a learning experience for me. The writing was also writing about those beautiful memories about her and my family, but also rediscovering myself inside me and going back to that foundation getting courage again of saying, I need to keep on going. And it speaks to how important it is for parents to pass down the gift of books and reading to their children and writing. You know, your mother, I think, passed down the gift of writing to you as well as you're continuing that in your life. So it's very important for the parents to be sharing that with their children early on. This is Beyond the Horizons in the Deep Blue Sea, the Skies, and the Universe 
by Carmen Zayas, published by Fulton Books. You'll be able to find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you would shop for your books. Carmen, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for the invitation, Corey, and have a wonderful and blessed day. An Angel Comes to Earth, in the exciting new novel by author Holly L. Wolf called Mirror of Eternity. Holly's joining me here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Holly, welcome. Can you tell us about Mirror of Eternity? It looks like you take readers on quite a journey. Yes. A couple, Steve and Abby, have two teenage kids, and they've just suffered a terrible, devastating family loss, the death of a beloved grandfather through cancer. It throws them for a loop. They are trying to find out answers for what God is up to in their lives, why he has permitted this to happen. They go on a family camping trip, and as they go, uh, Steve's dead brother, Michael, appears to them uh, as an angel and begins to hear their questions and guide them to some answers. And I think uh, all of us are on a journey to uh, figure out what God is up to and, and find answers in our own lives. And this book can help give you a, a guidebook for that. How did this book come about? Where did you get the idea or the inspiration for it? Well, we're all living this uh, human story, and we've all suffered. In my own case, uh, about seven years ago, I was diagnosed with a genetic neurological disease called cerebellar ataxia. It pushed me to uh, look for answers for myself, and I've been a lifelong uh, student of the Bible and uh, have looked for answers spiritually. And uh, God has been good enough to give us uh, scripture and many other great Christian authors over the centuries as guides along the road. That illness is what pushed me to write the book. It took me about two years to do it. Is this the first time you've been published or written a book? Well, I wrote another book uh, some years ago, Becoming All You Can Be. I looked at some of the same things, but I, I really think storytelling is how most people think. I heard someone say one time, the human mind is not a debating hall, it's a picture gallery. And uh, we like stories and we connect to characters and what they're feeling and struggling with. So that's how uh, Steve and Abby came to be born. What sorts of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? This is a book for adults who are trying to do what Steve and Abby are doing in the book, looking for answers. Our world is in a difficult period right now. Of course, we're struggling with our COVID pandemic and many other uh, stresses. And so I think, I think the book is timely from that point of view. We're all hurting. The longer you go along the journey of life, the more questions you have and the more urgent it is to find some answers. In the Bible, God has brought his people through some pretty difficult times. So I think that he can bring us through even our tough times today. So that's who I hope will read the book. Do you have any advice now for aspiring authors? Oh, sure. 
the first is uh, to keep a notebook and start jotting down ideas, images, experiences, and phrases. I think of uh, writing a book as sort of like uh, stringing together a necklace, and it's going to be beautiful, but you have to have your box of beads before you uh, can do that. So the notebook is, is your box of beads. That is a source of materials for your, uh, your final book. Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, all writers deal with writer's block. Right? It isn't as a, a smooth, easy process writing any book. And so you just have to start by starting. You have to throw yourself, do a brain dump on your computer with the uh, characters, the ideas, the images. You let your fingers run on that keyboard and you get it down. And you don't try to be perfect. You ask the Holy Spirit for help. You come back to it the next day. You revise, you revise, you revise. Characters and the plot will grow. But so you just start by starting, let it incubate overnight, come back to it the next day with fresh eyes, and you keep revising. It's a process. You put a lot of uh, mental and emotional and spiritual energy into it. Indeed, and that's some great advice, Holly. Again, the book is Mirror of Eternity by Holly L. Wolf, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you buy your books. Well, Holly, thank you for coming on the show with me tonight. It was fantastic talking with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. High Tension in the Business World is the backdrop of author Raiko Radocic's new book, Between the Titans. Raiko is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Raiko, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Can you tell me all about Between the Titans? I am uh, an engineer, a chip engineer. I have worked 35 years in the industry that makes chips for computers and phones and stuff like that. And the high tension that you referred to was there was a seminal legal case between a company called Qualcomm and a company called Apple. There was just like a, a nuclear blast in the chip industry between 2017 and 2019. And that serves as a backdrop kind of a thing. But I used it purely as a source of drama to explore a story about an engineer trying to duck out under the pressure of large corporate entity pursuing him for their own ends. How much of this story came from your own experiences? Were there this sorts of pressures and tensions where you come from? Well, it is experiential to some degree, but thank God nobody ever uh, threatened me or uh, my daughter to get access to my patents or anything like that. You know? So, so that, that, is, that is imaginary, no doubt. What would you say is the primary inspiration for you writing this book and then seeking to have it published? I like the idea of writing. And I started off thinking about that seminal case between Qualcomm and Apple. So trying to imagine some, you know, what would a big case where you have billions of dollars riding, how does that sort of percolate down to affect an individual working in one of those companies kind of a thing? So that's where I started. And, you know, my mind is a junkyard and I just pulled off all the other stuff from the junkyard. So. <laughs> Is this the first book you've written or had published? 
Well, first book that's purely a novel. I've written technical books before, several of those. And then I wrote sort of a management book about managing technology development team and engineers and so forth. But that book, I sort of wrote it in a novelized form. And I found I really enjoyed that. So then I sort of said, uh, well, you know, screw all this reality stuff and real experience, and I'll just write pure fiction. And this is my first attempt at writing pure fiction. Now, congratulations on getting it published and out there. How does it feel to have your work out there and be bearing your soul for the world, basically? Very nerve-wracking. I can imagine. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors who want to go down that same path that you did? Do what Nike says. Just do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you ever experience writer's block in that process? And did you have a way of getting over that hurdle? Not really. I, I sort of had a rough outline, sort of like a landscape sketched out in my mind before I sat down to write. I sort of write and then I listen. I have the computer read back to me what I wrote. So that works for me. I sort of write a little bit, then I listen, it plays back to me, and then I just carry on and so forth. So it becomes a a sort of a dialogue between me and my computer that just works for me, kind of a thing. That's fantastic. I encourage readers to check this out. This is Between the Titans by Ryko Radocic, published by Fulton Books. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you buy your reading material. Ryko, thank you for coming on the show tonight. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you. It was an honor and a privilege. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 